It is Friday, September 17th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 2 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me again are Jared Smola and Mitch Carl. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Guys, Let's jump right into the player picks here. And Mitch, why don't you tell me what's looking good in cash at QB? Is it Josh Allen again this week? Oh, goodness gracious. What a mistake that ended up being. No, this week is going to be Kyler Murray and ping-ponging back the other way at this point. So Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray, 8.7K, just is too easy to pay for on FanDuel. Plenty of value, easy to go up there and get. Uh, The first 10 games last season in 2020 did not score less than 22 points at the quarterback position when he was healthy. Came back in. In week one, 2021, and went bonkers, 34 FanDuel points. Uh, the guy has a tremendous floor and a slight winning upside. So if you are somebody who plays a high volume of head-to-heads included in their cash games, he's the ideal potential pick in week two over there on FanDuel for me. Jared, where are you leaning? Yeah, I, I love Kyler, as I mentioned on the DraftKings show. The Vikings missing a few defensive starters as well, so the matchup got even better for him. Um, but I, I'm all in on Justin Herbert on both sites this week. He's 7,600 bucks on FanDuel. $100 less than Jameis Winston, by the way, which, you know, the Winston price is crazy after his big five touchdown game. But, um, you know, Herbert, j- j- I mean, going to be a shootout against Dallas. Cowboys defense not one to fear in the first place. They're without two defensive ends for this game. Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory. Uh, the Chargers have a huge implied total. I, I think Herbert is a safe bet to return value and, you know, could, could easily finish as, you know, top one or two quarterback on this slate. I think that we need the meme of Jameis squinting and looking at that price of his on FanDuel because <laughs> that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, the salaries are shuffled a bit differently here among the top quarterbacks than they are on DraftKings this week. Justin Herbert comes out atop the dollars per point projections on our site. Jalen Hurts is next. Both of those guys are under 8K. Hurts might be kind of the sneaky one here. I don't know how much you need sneaky. I guess it depends on exactly the style of cash game that you're playing here, but you know, Cowboys Chargers is drawing everybody's focus. And obviously, Kyler Murray is going to be popular coming off what he did last week. But, um, you know, Hertz can obviously score points as well, runs the ball well. There's lots to like here. And I think part of what to like is what we talked about before with Devontae Smith looking good right away. And his price is really good. So that's got me leaning toward Jalen Hertz, Devontae Smith as a nicely priced duo to start my build and then see what goes on around that might be by the end of that. I'm like, well, I've got plenty of money around. I'm just going to go ahead to Kyler Murray. What about GPP side for quarterback, Mitch? Uh, I'm doing the same as that guy I did in our DraftKings show. It's again, Kirk Cousins, man, Captain Kirk, baby. Yeah. With that top 20, top 28, top 27 touchdown rate of all time. He carried it over into uh, week one in the 2021 season through two touchdowns and 49 passes goes out there and he's got two electric wide receivers who are affordable on FanDuel and they have great touchdown equity. Both of them do. They both double digit touchdown guys this year, I think. So I love that stack. And I think you can run it back on the other side when you're looking at the Arizona Cardinals team with some of these other players we're going to get to when we start talking about wide receivers, but it's Kirk Cousins for me, man. Mitch, I think I'm going to have to start loading the video clip of Kirk Cousins saying, you like that? (laughs) Just whenever you give us your quarterback picks. It's every week until they make them too expensive for me. All right, I'll try to have that ready for week three. We'll see. Jerry, what you got? How about 
<laughs> Russell Wilson on FanDuel, you know, he, I think he's going to come in at like 2% owned on FanDuel. He's only 200 bucks cheaper than Kyler. So people are going to want to just go up to Kyler and you have Tom Brady right beneath him. You have Dak and Herbert and Jalen Hurts, like all these guys. I just think no, no one's going to be on Russ this week. He's at home. The Seahawks have a 30 point implied total. You know, that's higher than Dallas. It's higher than the Chargers even. Um, and you know, Tennessee's defense, not, not anything to worry about. And, and Russ is always in, you know, in a quote on, you know, easy, relatively easy guy to stack where, you know, it's Lockett or Metcalf. It might be both of them, you know, kind of as it was last week. So I, I like Russ in tournaments. Yeah. I mean, it's like cousins with Jefferson and Thielen. You can put both of those guys in because if Russell Wilson has a slate winning game, he's, there's a pretty good chance he's bringing both of those wideouts with him. You would not play Chris Carson, which is going to get a lot of ownership in those tournaments. So I agree. I, I think there's so much to like at quarterback that I'm not too worried about anybody being too highly owned, but there's definitely room for Russell Wilson to sneak in there as the under owned guy. What do you think Mitch on that front? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, he's got that slate winning upside at a really low ownership each and every week. It feels like it's just, and seemingly just always uh, overlooked, right? And maybe it's because he's priced around the elite level and people just like those other names. But if you look at his team, and the way it's constructed, he's the perfect tournament option because he has, you know, that fantasy goodness that is focused on just a couple of players. And you can always go out there and you don't have to guess, is it going to be Antonio Brown? Is it going to be Mike Evans? Is it going to be Chris Godwin? What if it's Gronkowski? You don't have to do that. You just plug in Russell Wilson. You're like, I'm going with Tyler Lockett or I'm using Metcalf or heck, use them both. And you can always go out there and just like last week, I think all three touchdowns, uh, both of them caught three total touchdowns and you can plug them in and you know what you're going to get and where the ball is going to go if Wilson has a good game. So you might as well use them both. And he's so efficient. He can throw 25 passes and have four of them be touchdowns. So it's never a bad idea to believe in Russell Wilson. Other than the second half of last year, it turned out over to running back and over to cash. Najee Harris looks like he is going to be super chalky on FanDuel this week. A 30% ownership projection right now over there. Maybe it reaches even higher for cash games. I'm, I'm out on that, I got to say, because I just, you know, I'm not saying that week one showed us that any concerns for him were real and we need to worry about him going forward. But I don't know that he's going to turn it around and, uh, you know, deliver big time in week two. So, if I just think he's an okay bet and everybody else is making that okay bet, I, I have other guys that I like in that range. What do you think, Jared? I feel like we have this debate every year about these like chalky guys in cash games. I'm definitely willing to play them. I'm definitely willing to play Najee Harris because I just think he's the best dollars per point value at running back on the slate. I, I think our projections have him that way too. I mean, 6,100 bucks. It's that's it's the same price he's on. He is on DraftKings, and you get you know an extra like 10,000 bucks on Fanduel. He's just he's super cheap. Kind of just you know trust the process with Najee Harris. Like you have this running back who played every single snap for his team, you know, 16 carries three targets in the opener, um, you know, better spot for him here at home as a favorite with a big implied total against, you know, a Vegas team that's, you know, on a short week on the road. Um, so I'm going to play Najee Harris in cash. I do like him as a fade in tournaments at that price tag or mm -hmm. at, that, at that ownership, I should say. I just don't think it'll be hard to get up to Chris Carson for 600 more dollars. I think I can fit that just as easily as Najee Harris. Mitch, where, where are you at on Najee Harris? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's going to be one of the ones I would use. Absolutely. The other one actually was Chris Carson. So that was who I was kind of dialed up to talk about here. You know, you got a guy who had 19 touches last week and he's kind of going overlooked at 6.7 K. This team is implied to score 29 and a half points this week at home against Tennessee. I love Chris Carson at 6.7 K kind of brings that touchdown equity in there at that mid tier price range too. And I think some of the other backs in that price range, they don't have the touchdown equity he has. If I go a little bit lower and if I'm if I were to skip over Najee Harris, which I'm not, I would probably look to plug in uh, Damian Harris at a very similar price tag. I uh, got a ton of carries last week, 100 yards rushing. And I don't know if we have to be so concerned about Ramondre Stevenson after the fumble. He didn't even get back on the field. And if Bill Belichick doesn't trust him to hold on to the football, he's not getting those. Uh, you know, the inside the five vulture carries, which I really thought he'd, he'd be receiving in week one. And he just didn't even get the chance to shine. Right. And if that's going to be a concern, then, you know, Damian Harris, he could be looking at two rushing touchdowns on any given week. I think every time a Patriots running back fumbles, it's like the slow motion. Oh, fudge from uh, Christmas story. Jared, what do you like for tournament running back? I think Daryl Henderson might kind of get lost in this range. And you have Najee Harris, you have Chris Carson. Um, I think Henderson might come in lower owned than both those guys. And really in week one, played played a similar role. I mean, Henderson played 94% of the Rams' offensive snaps in week one. Had 16 carries. You know, Sony Michelle only had the one. Um, Henderson only got, got one target, but he was out in a pass route for 79% of the pass play. So, you know, the, the target should come up if he's playing that big of a role. Um, and now this this Colts defense, I mean, Darius Leonard, it looks like he's going to play, right? I think he's off the injury report. But I, I mean, the Colts defense did not look good in week one against Seattle. So I think the, the matchup might not be as tough as we thought it was going to be coming into the season. Mitch, what do you got here? Uh, Nick Chubb, man. This team is applied to score 30 points. This guy keeps scoring touchdowns, 12 last year, gets two in the first game. I don't, doesn't need 25 carries. He's like the Russell Wilson of the running back position. Just doesn't need a tremendous amount of volume to provide you with fantasy goodness. I love those types of players. And he's kind of weirdly priced, right? I mean, we talk about this in the other show as well. At 7.8K, it's just kind of uncomfortable. You're looking at that and you're saying to yourself, why am I not paying for Derrick Henry, right? I know he's got 250-yard, three-touchdown upside. I might just plug him in instead. Or why not just go right up to Elvin Kamara? Or if I would feel uncomfortable at 7.8K for Chubb because I'm worried about a blowout, which, by the way, my friends, if they get the blowout, who the heck scored all the touchdowns? Nick Chubb probably had two, three touchdowns if they're up by 20 and they yanked them. So don't worry about that. Now, if you think the game's going to be close, guess what? He's going to stay in the game, get a bunch of carries no matter what. I love Chubb this week. No matter what scenario you you draw up, I think the touchdowns are going to come to fruition just because they're going to need somebody to score. And I don't think it's going to happen through the air anytime soon for this team. Now, if you feel uncomfortable about Chubb, uh, that is exactly why I want you to use them this week. Everyone else is going to feel uncomfortable too, and they're going to go down to those other guys that we just talked about. Najee Harris, Damian Harris, uh, the Harris brothers, right? They're going to go down to Chris Carson. Joe Mixon, I believe, is the same price tag as Chubb. They're going to be looking at him. Uh, maybe David Montgomery is another tournament option. He is kind of that uncomfortable pick. Darrell Henderson, certainly one of my favorites this week as well. Uh, I am concerned about Darius Leonard. That guy is an absolute, uh, you know, force to be reckoned with in the middle of the field, um, side sideline to sideline. The guy's literally everywhere. I don't know if you guys watch um, any uh, Apple TV shows, but there's this fictional char character, Roy Kent, on this one show. I, I'm not. I don't know if I can say these show names, but whatever. They got this chant for Roy Kent, and they chant his name, and they say he's here, he's there, he's everywhere. And that is freaking Darius Leonard, man. That's this guy. Uh, no matter what, if it's a pass, if he's not, you know, pass rushing, 
He finds his way to the football. If it's a toss on the left side of the field, a counter to the right side of the field, the guy is everywhere. He does strike a little fear in me this week for Darrell Henderson. But if we're talking like super large tournaments, I love the 94% snap rate for Darrell Henderson. My FFPC main event team hopes that Sony Michelle makes a bigger showing this week, but certainly all that you guys have said is true. And we have to go off what we saw in week one. It looks like he's the lead back for now, Daryl Henderson. And he definitely, there's definitely a room for him to get lost in the shuffle. Also kind of getting lost. I mentioned him on the DK show, but Jonathan Taylor over here, uh, it's very affordable here coming in at low ownership, according to the projections, a talented player, a defense that's probably tough, but didn't stop David Montgomery from running last week. So I think maybe on the cash side, it's not comfy to bet on Jonathan Taylor, but it's pretty easy on the tournament side. And it kind of helps me to balance out not betting on him in draft season. So now if he, if I was wrong, at least early in the year, I can get some of that equity back by uh, winning with Jonathan Taylor in my DFS lineups. I also, I, I like the Nick Chubb call. And looking ahead, I think there's a defense correlation that makes him look even better because the Browns' D at 4,200 looks like one of the stronger plays. But before we get to the defenses, let's switch over to wide receiver. And for cash, Jared, what are you playing? Uh, I'm going to stick with the Rams and go Cooper Cup here, 6,200 bucks. Um, he ran her out on every single one of the Rams' pass plays in week one. 38% target share. You know, we heard, what was it, that, that Cup and Stafford are like having breakfast breakfast together every morning or something? There was, there was some you know, antidote from the – from the uh, broadcast and Xavier Rhodes is out for the Colts, their top corner. He was out last week that probably played a part in, you know, Lockett having a big game, Metcalf having a big game. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with Cooper cup. I, th- I think he, he, to me looks like the Rams clear number one wide receiver with Stafford. Now, man, I the headlines for Cooper cup having breakfast. It's just, they, they write themselves. It's just too easy. Mitch, what do you like for cash or wide out? I mean, the breakfast narrative kind of locked him in for me. I'm ready to go, man. Narrative street. Cooper Cup, breakfast, uh, we got bagels, and we've got touchdowns. So Cooper Cup, I love him, man. It's hard not to like him at that price tag. Really on both sites, too. He's very affordable. You know, you're getting a guy who's going to get peppered with targets. He's got red zone touchdown equity, and uh, the, what's not to like there? There's other guys there, though, and, that, and that's kind of my issue in tournaments, right? A guy like Cooper Cup, if his ownership's going to be a little bit higher, I don't really want to be there on FanDuel, especially if I can go up and get CD Lamb at a very similar ownership, a very similar price tag. I think he has a much higher ceiling. And then if we're looking at just a few hundred more dollars, Justin Jefferson, you know, and I keep belaboring this point about Kirk Cousins and all these stacks and stuff. I love the kid. He didn't do what everyone wanted him to do last week, but he still was on the field for over 91% of the snaps. He's not going to come off the field unless he needs a breather. That's literally it. Or they go out there and they run, you know, two, three tight ends or something. Uh, other than that, Justin Jefferson, man, 7.3K on Fandle. This guy had nine touchdowns his rookie year after carrying the pads for all of BC Johnson, as I just learned last <laughs> podcast. And I love him at 7.3. I think he's tremendous. Tyler Lockett, again, one of those guys continuously gets overlooked because no one wants to touch a guy who only gets five or six targets per game. And yet he keeps scoring touchdowns. So I'm going to keep using him. I'm not going to be too concerned about the volume. The guy just gets down the field, had a tremendous over-the-shoulder catch, adjusted to a, uh, a weird arc on that football, made a great over-the-shoulder catch for his first touchdown. And uh, those are some of the guys I'm really looking at in tournaments uh, for cash games, as I'm sure that's probably what you asked me. And then I'm, I'm just mentally fatigued at this point. My bad. <laughs> Devonta Smith, 5.6K. I think he's got the touchdown equity. Target equity is the number one out there. I love them all the way down there. And just because I've been on a, a rampage here, just chatting about everybody, I'll stick to just the one. 
<laughs> I think Justin Jefferson was bringing breakfast to the guys last year. So it's wow. nice to see him get to the level where he can just join people and maybe have some brunch. I don't know how early he gets up. I wonder, Mike Williams last year was a guy who just killed me when I tried to play him in any DFS format. I would always guess wrong, but I feel like I want to buy that his role is bigger this year, that they're going to keep throwing in more targets. They're going to keep mixing up his route tree. And at 5,600 bucks, he offers nice savings with lots of upside and maybe a better floor this year than last year. So I, I, my question on him is, is it too early to trust Mike Williams in a cash lineup at 5,600? My personal answer is no. I'm going to go ahead and do it this week. No, it's, it's, it's not too early in general. It's not too early in this matchup against Dallas. Um, I, 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 tweeted that the image of, you know, Mike Williams route tree from next gen stats. You know, it is not what you'd expect from Mike Williams route tree. It's a lot of short stuff. His eight out in week one was 10 yards. It was over 15 yards in each, each of his first three seasons. So every, and, and, and it's what we heard in the summer too, was, you know, he was going to play this, you know, a different role under OC Joe Lombardi. So I'm buying into it. Um, 5,600, especially in this matchup. I think, I think Williams is definitely in playing cash and is a good tournament play too. He's, he's turning from Marquez Valdez-Scantling into Marcus Colston. I like it. Tournament wide out. I like Devontae Smith here, Mitch. You talked about him on both shows so far, but I, I like him with or without Jalen Hurts in this range. He's only $100 more than Jamar Chase, and Chase is going to be absorbing some ownership on here this week. It looks like he's going to be well ahead of Devontae Smith. I like that Devontae Smith had a nice week one without having a big week one, so he's not going to be drawing as much attention as if he had scored a second touchdown or, you know, caught eight or nine passes. The 49ers secondary was already shaky, and then it lost its top corner, Jason Verrett, to injury last week. So I, it's a it's a great spot for Smith. Yep, I like Devontae Smith. I like Justin Jefferson, who Mitch mentioned. Um, I, I still think that Cardinals secondary is one we can attack. The pass rush is an issue, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how Minnesota handles that. But, you know, Jefferson should have no issue against that secondary. And then I'll throw out Mike Evans again, who I talked about on the DraftKings show, but just, you know, coming off the dud, on primetime, you know, that, that Thursday night game. Um, I still think Evans is, you know, going to have as many big games as the rest of those Bucks receivers. It's probably going to, you know, swing back in his direction this week. Mitch, you got any other tourney wideouts? Uh, yeah, I was just kind of thinking about it. You know, I'm listening to both you talk. We're all bringing up all these tremendous options, and they're all affordable. They're all very affordable, 7.3K or less, in fact. And it makes me actually start to wonder as we're talking about this. I haven't looked at the projections right now, but I'm wondering if some of these wide receivers at the higher end of the pricing might just go under own just because of just how many great options there are at the mid-tier and the lower price range. And if that's the case, then I'm going to have to start looking at this a little differently because anytime you can get Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins and Chris Godwin and Amari Cooper and you have at least four guys over 7.5K, if we're getting him at 12, 10, 8% ownership, my goodness, sign me up. I want all three in the same lineup. So I'm interested. I'll have to take a peek at that. If I'm choosing one out of all of those guys up at the top, uh, I'm going to be a homer. I'm going Stefan Diggs, man. This guy is was – uh, you know, one of the best wide receivers last year. And I think he is again this year and he's going to get peppered with targets. He can get down the field. He can play short and get in the end zone. And uh, listen, he didn't, didn't do what we wanted him to do in week one. And some of these other guys up here did not as well, like Kelvin Ridley, but Stefan Diggs had 13 targets and more importantly, he looked healthy. So I think it's only a matter of time until he scores big and scores often. If you're leaning elsewhere for the top wide receiver option, you can also get some of that juice from the Bills matchup with Cole Beasley at 5,400, Emmanuel Sanders at 5,100, you know, cheap pivots off of some of those other 5K guys to help you get to those 
higher priced players. And if you're, you know, not feeling comfy enough to get Josh Allen in there, I do think there's room for Josh Allen this week against a defense that allowed him seven touchdowns in what six quarters of action last year. I feel sick playing Cole Beasley on DraftKings. I can't play him on, on FanDuel with only a half point per reception. Um, I was going to, I was going to say up top, I like, I like Kelvin Ridley as a sneaky tournament play. I would use him on buck stacks as a bring back. So, you know, Brady Evans and then Ridley as the bring back in that game. Over to tight end for cash. It's same for me here as it is on DK. It's no offense. It's Jared Cook. It's across formats, 5,700, 5,400 respectively. Good prices for them. Good target counts last week. Good rolls, good matchups, everything. Lower projected ownership than Tyler Higby and Kyle Pitts in the same price range this week. Uh, you know, it, like, like I said, all the things that I liked about him over there, I like about him over here. Um, playing those guys both formats. I think, Mitch, you mentioned George Kittle being interesting at lower than usual ownership and an appetizing salary. I certainly think he is in play here as well. Probably more of a GPP play for me because of the $1,000 difference in salary. But what are you looking at for tight end, Mitch? Uh, if we're talking cash games, it's it's Darren Waller in next position, honestly. It's not even close. Uh, he's, he's so affordable. He's 7K still. This guy just had 19 targets. And I get that Pittsburgh was pretty decent against tight ends. Uh, but I don't care. It's 7K. You can afford them. You get touchdown equity. You get in between the 20s, targets, yards, receptions. It's all there. Everyone else is volatile, and most of their value is wrapped up in touchdowns, which are very hard to project. And at 19 targets, you can catch a third of them and have a good game. Jared, what do you like at the yeah, so Waller actually comes in as our top dollars per point value on family. We, we talk about it all the time, but you know the difference between the elite tight ends and that next tier is much smaller on FanDuel than it is on DraftKings. So I think you know Waller makes even more sense on FanDuel. If I do want to save money in cash at tight end, I like Kyle Pitts at 5,500. You know, all the usage you could have asked for was there last week. You know, the pass routes, he was in the slot or out wide for 76% of his snaps. Saw a 23% target share. Um, he was third in our expected fantasy points model among tight ends. So, you know, that the big games are coming. Pitts is the, you know, top five, top six tight end he was during draft season. Um, so I, I still like him at, at that price. Mitch, anything different on the tourney side for t- at tight end? Yeah, I feel so silly saying this, but I'm looking at some of the contests we're looking at right now on FanDuel, and these things are enormous. And we have these prize structures where the first place is getting, you know, 40% of the prize pool. It's so ridiculous. So if you're playing those, you're going to need a dark horse somewhere. And I think there's tremendous upside all over every single position. Tight end's not one I like to get too cute at, but I'm going to get super cute with this pick just for the fun <laughs> of it because I can't stand this position. Donald Parham. So we keep talking about Jared Cook. He was out there for 51% of the snaps. He's a massive body. He's super athletic. He had a couple red zone touchdowns last year. Who the heck knows? What if he goes out there? And if he plays half the snaps, you know, I know his routes run last week wasn't terribly high. Uh, but we just saw Juwan Johnson catch two touchdowns, and I think he ran like 13 routes or something silly. So Donald Parham could do something silly like that. He's 4.1K. You don't need to do it. Honestly, I hope no one listens to what I just said. But I wanted his name out there. I want people to be thinking about this guy going forward. If Jared Cook ever gets hurt, he's going to be someone I'm going to be all over for a long time. And Mitch, if you're not getting super cute on a Friday night, then when are you doing it? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Jared, you got anything else to tie down here? I'm going to get a little cute with uh, David and Joku at 4,800 bucks. You know, he... He led Browns tight ends and pass routes in week one. Um, you know, we, we expect the Browns to score what, you know, four or five touchdowns in this game against Houston. If Njoku gets it gets, you know, one of those, he pays off. So I like him for tournaments. And then I like Rob Gronkowski for tournaments, especially on FanDuel here. I just I, I think he's as good a touchdown bet 
as any tight end on this slate with the Bucks, you know, having that 32 point implied total. So Gronk in tournaments, you know, could could lead the position in fantasy points this week. And he's super cute in that USAA commercial. So we'll move over to defense now where we prefer things to be ugly. And the Eagles are closer in price to the other options here. So that pushes them well down the dollars per point rankings versus where they are in the DK side. It's still a nice price for him, though, 3900 bucks, And that's still the, the upside that I was talking about on the DK show. It's Jimmy Garoppolo, even less likely to be used in lineups here because the Eagles don't stand out salary-wise. So... I still like them. As I mentioned earlier, the Browns at 4,200 are nice against Houston, obviously, as a standalone, and then even nicer as a correlation stack with Nick Chubb in lineups. I think Broncos 4,600 against Jacksonville is certainly in play. Panthers at 3,800 against the Saints might be another relative sleeper. We're waiting to see if Jameis Winston is still Jameis. I'm certainly not ready to say that he's a changed guy with his new eyeballs. (laughs) Tough to get away from the Browns on FanDuel, at least in cash games. And we have them as our top defense for the week. And they're, you know, way down at 4,200. I think in tournaments, because the Browns probably will be the chalk on FanDuel. I think Denver against Jacksonville, Tampa at home against Atlanta. You know, Atlanta's probably going to have to throw it 40, 45 times in that game. And then Arizona, as we talked about on the DraftKings show, you know, that pass rush looks awesome. I think Minnesota's O-line is questionable. So you, you definitely have sack and takeaway upside with the Cardinals defense this week. What do we think about the Broncos with either Javante Williams at 5,500 or Melvin Gordon at 5,900 as a correlation there, Mitch? What do you think? Um, I've never been too heavy on that type of correlation if it's not going to be a guy who's going to be a bell cow. I'm really, I do like the defense with running back stack, but it's often going to be like a Steelers with Najee Harris, which is actually one we could probably talk about right now. That's a fine one. Uh, you know, Steelers over there, I believe 4.9K in FanDuel, and I love the matchup this week. I really do. One reason why I mentioned Kenyon Drake on DraftKings for the PPR equity. I'm not a big fan of him over on FanDuel at 5.5K. And if you're going to run out the Steelers out there on defense, I mean, my goodness, they're going to be all over uh, Carr this week. And uh, I think that the uh, I think Vegas outside of Darren Waller will have trouble moving the football. I really I think this is going to be a, a really tough sledding game for them traveling across the country in a short week like this against a really tough defense. So Steelers are actually my cash favorite right now, even though you're paying all the way up at four nine at the top of the the pricing scale. I I love them. I I love them. I think they're going to rack up some serious stats on the flip side. If we're talking tournaments, I think uh, Las Vegas is actually an interesting tournament option against big Ben. I just, honestly, I see so many pick sixes against big Ben this year, you know, just telegraphing where he's going to throw the football and uh, really struggling to get the ball um, towards the sidelines and getting the ball on the outside of the field where if he's got to throw over the middle early and often, you know, that's where the linebackers and the safeties are going to start sneak up and on football. And it's only a matter of time before defense to see he can't get the ball over the top. And if that's happening, everything's going to shrink towards that line of scrimmage and he's going to be in trouble. So I'll probably be targeting him in tournaments for the foreseeable future, to be honest. Yeah, chance that he goes full final season Peyton Manning this year, huh? Seriously. Absolutely. I mean, we, he could go out there and lead the NFL in interceptions by year's end, and I wouldn't be shocked. I would love to see Ben Roethlisberger go out crappily. <laughs> hate that guy. So we'll use that to take this show out. That's going to do it for the Week 2 FanDuel Podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to get more player recommendations. Check out the lineup generator to help build your own lineups with our projections and the fan share ownership projections for more discussion of DFS and other formats that you play. You can also join the free DraftSharks Discord Find the link to do just that in the description for this podcast. For Mitch Carl, Jared Smola, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.